Hey, 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 it's the Big Master Control Podcast everybody's been talking about. I'd like to go against you and see what you're made of. You know, you sound nothing like your pictures. I'm warning you. You're entering a big air, Flynn. I'm going to have to put you on the podcast grid. Flynn, I'm the master interrupter of the Retro Rewind Podcast. Reflux capacitor, fluxing, crew, distinction. Welcome to the Retro Rewind Podcast, where we take a fresh look at movies and video games from 15 or more years ago. You can find this episode at RetroRewindPodcast.com slash 122, that's 122, where there are links to contact us and vote on the movies we cover and help fund the show via Patreon alongside our our awesome patrons, Brian Keating, Deborah Powers, Jared Holzhauer, Chris Kahn, Patrick Hicks, Michael Kelso, Diego Avila, The Feeling Film Podcast, Peter Guzman, and The Secret Patron as well. Thank you all so much for helping fund the show and keeping us flying. My name is Francisco Ruiz. I'm a dad designer, and I predicted Tron would be a tragic movie. Whoa, and whoa, whoa. Before, th- before we introduce our guests, here is your Francisco's beep, 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 beep flash announcement. If you listen to this today, the day it comes out, uh, which is a Thursday in July <laughs> 2017. <laughs> because there's four of those. <laughs> Uh, you you only have a couple days to watch the movie 1984 for free on Voodoo.com and join the next Summer Free Movie Club, which is going to be this Saturday, July 8th, 2017 at 10 a.m. Pacific. Um, something I neglected to check on, though, before we announced this previously was that 1984 contains lengthy scenes of nudity. So if you haven't watched it yet, be aware of that. Or if you have watched it already and you are sensitive to those scenes like I am, very, very sorry about that. Um, it's rated R, has language. Yeah. But I just was like, ooh, rated R, I'm sure there's gore or something. But I wasn't thinking. Anyway, on the whole, though, I think it's we're going to have a lot of good discussion on this movie. So hopefully you'll think about joining us. Go to summerfree.com to find out how. And that's the end of Francisco's beep, 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 flash announcement. Now I'd like to welcome to the show a man who almost needs no introduction my good friend and co-host paul the master interrupter bazooka lava powers hey paul hey thanks for allowing me to interrupt again yeah no problem (laughs) paul uh here's your trivial question those are actual frisbees that the characters throw around within the game grid in the movie yes Paul, if you could pick a piece of sporting equipment to be the storage vessel for all your memories and identity, what would it be? A frisbee. What? No, come on. Oh, why not? It's a disc like computers. Can I know, read. but that's not very original. Oh, fine. Um, I don't know. A piece of a, a birdie from Mitten. <laughs> a birdie from Badminton? Yes, you could just toss it around. I don't know. Okay. Fits in your pocket? I don't know. I suppose, yeah, that's a good point. Okay, well, thank you, Paul. And what was your prediction for Tron? I predicted Tron, the first movie, 1982, is a classic. Mm -hmm. It is a classic, all right. And we'd like to welcome back to the show once again, Francisco Edna Mode, because I want to check if uh, 
Patch gets a promotion. Hold on. He does. I, I think, think you mentioned that. Yeah, I think I'm, so. He's going to be chief. I just have to <coughs> check. Yeah, what kind of... Oh, he's chief. captain chief now. Chief yeoman. That's what <laughs> I'm the captain now. You're not <laughs> the captain now. Oh, my gosh. He's the captain yeoman. Uh, yes, uh, you are in line for a promotion. Okay, here we go. Yay. And like to welcome back to the show uh, our regular guest... And now, Chief, he's been promoted from shipman to Chief, Patch Hicks. Welcome back to the show, Patch. It's good to be back, guys. Glad to uh, have the promotion. I will hold the badge of honor with honor and rub it in my co-host Aaron's face because he was a chief in the Navy, and now I can say I'm equal to him. So, Indeed. You are. This is completely equal in responsibility <laughs> and status this is better because you're active duty yeah you are that's true exactly. yeah jeez he's, he's retired on a boat somewhere right now so yeah. boom aaron <laughs> boom but uh, yeah listen. patch is on loan to us from the feeling film podcast go check that one out if you're more into newer movies as well as some old ones but they do a great job uh talking about uh movies and how they make how movies make them feel over there. Uh, but Patch, we'll, here is your trivial question. To inspire the actors, arcade games were placed on the production sets and could be played during downtime. Jeff Bridges apparently was the most adept at the games and found it hard to tear himself away from the game to shoot a scene. Patch, <laughs> what has been a video game you played that you found it hard to stop? Possibly even getting in the way of school or work. Ooh, uh, all of them. <laughs> <laughs> I got pretty addicted to Mike Tyson's Punch Out. Oh, nice! For a the long time, original NES or Super Punch Out on this? No, no, the original NES, like with nice. glass, glass Joe. OG. And, yeah, and uh, I, I got. I, I would always just get my my tail whipped by Mike Tyson, and you then, got to Mike Tyson. I that's never amazing. got to. Wow. Him. Yeah, I got I got to him pretty regularly and got my rear handed to me regularly. So <laughs> yeah, he's Mike think, Tyson. One punch. <laughs> th- there was <laughs> there was one time I was playing it just before school, and I had him. Well, I guess you could say on the ropes, not literally, obviously, because the game wouldn't allow you to do that. Yeah. And my bus was going to be there in like five minutes, and my mom said, "You got to go to school." <laughs> I'm like, no, I don't. <laughs> There's more important Mike. things in life, Mom. <laughs> wait. Oh, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> Is this why you're missing an ear? <laughs> no. no, I was oh. missing an ear. <laughs> no, he's okay, a, I know I said it wrong. What? I'm sorry, I can't. What? What'd you say? I can't hear you. Uh, exactly. me, <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, terrible jokes. Especially when I don't pronounce the word right. That just makes it more terrible. Trone. Trone. <laughs> <laughs> Don't make fun of Alice. Torn, <laughs> I thought she said. Torn. <laughs> Speaking of Alice, will we, uh, Paul, will you please enter our course for well, Alice? Well, I'd like to tell you what my prediction is before we do that. Oh, oh you, you heard that I, that's what we're doing. Call. That's amazing can, with can, one ear. Can I do that? Yes, can I please do. That? do. <laughs> I predicted that this movie would be a classic. So two classics to one tragic. We'll see how these pan out. That's but, not a good sandwich right there. <laughs> <laughs> a tragic sandwich. Would you rather have two tragics and a classic in the middle? Neither. Neither. No, no tragic. All right. No meat, yeah. no bread. All right, guys. Keep it open face. Paul, will you yeah. please <laughs> enter our course for Alice so that we, she knows where to take us in this episode? 
Sure, Alice. Let's have a roundtable discussion on the movie Tron, including what we liked and liked most, and also what we didn't like about the movie, and also what we didn't like most. Let's come back for our final rating and some feedback and announcements. Awesome. So, Alice, whenever you have that, I uh, you know get us onto the grid, the digital frontier, as it were. Alert! Alert! Approaching target. Spoilers are coming. Establishing analysis vector. It happens inside the computer in a dimension man has never seen. Kevin Flynn, computer genius, is programmed into the world of the computer. Held prisoner in an electronic arena where love and escape do not compute. Tron, an adventure inside the computer, rated PG. Coming soon to a theater near you. And here are our memories. Coming to a podcast right now. <laughs> oh man um, Jeff Bridges is a computer programmer named Flynn he owns an arcade complete with the ultimate bachelor pad upstairs and he is creating a whole and he is creating a whole cyber reality in the basement Flynn gets zapped into a game he created called Tron his friends from the real world are now characters in the computer the master controller, MCP, and its cylindrical face is barking out commands from the Tron game and tries to take over the human world. Flynn teams up with Tron from within the game and takes down the master controller, who is enslaving all the other programs in the cyber world. In the end, NCOM is Flynn's. Um, I'd say those memories were pretty rough. Most of them were okay, but there's a lot that weren't. <laughs> there was a Hold master on. control program. Hold on. Yeah. yeah. It wasn't the master controller. It was a master control program. Oh. Yeah. And since we're uh, <laughs> on pause, waiting for Francisco, let's see what else is wrong with that. Let's see. Um, he didn't he had, go into oh, the oh. game Tron. <laughs> no, it went to the grid. I don't think it was called the grid in this one, was it? No. In fact, when the director who uh, wrote the, worked, did the screenplay, he, was, he said what it is now or what it became now is cyberspace is what we think like the internet well, let's, cyberspace. let's get back to this guys so enough anyway okay. enough uh all right dilly dallying chrissy spelled water that's what that my like double take and stuff was and so she says she's sorry <laughs> it's okay we all spill water sometimes Pat says sure. she, he can't believe that you did that <laughs> i'm sure it's quote-unquote water okay no. <laughs> I, I would never say that to a black belt so hush <laughs> Paul's being a poo-poo head. I was just, Patch said, no worries. We all spill water. Um, but, but, and poo-poo head powers coming in. I forget what Paul said now. I'll have Red to five coming in. Oh, okay. Poo-poo powers coming in. Oh, my gosh. Oh, man. Let's get back to this. Yeah, sad day. Okay. Uh, yeah, some of that was right, but things like, uh, I don't think was the master controller really trying to take over the human world. Yeah, he was. He was going into all these other programs. He's getting into the Pentagon. He was already overseas. Oh, to the Kremlin. I guess, but he wasn't trying to get into the human world like Clue was in Legacy. It wasn't like that. No, he was trying to take over the human world. Okay, though. all right, all right. Well, 
There's plenty in there to to play the button. Okay, that, oh, yeah. that, that, all the cause I need. <laughs> yeah, some of those memories were incepted. Uh, technically, technically they were incepted. <laughs> yeah, there's technicalities there. Paul, why don't you tell us, you know, sort of the technical aspects of this movie, like who was in it, how much money did it make, things like that. Oh, sure. Okay. The the movie Tron is rated PG, runs an hour and 36 minutes, and was released in theaters on July 9th of 1982. So it's uh, not quite a 4th of July movie, but it is a summer movie. Hmm. It was uh, stars Jeff Bridges, Bruce Boxleitner, I think that's how you pronounce your name, Bruce. I don't I know. Think so. you? That's how I've heard it. Come over to me and we can talk about it. You can <laughs> sign my memorabilia. <laughs> David Warner, Cindy Morgan, and a bunch of other people you may or may not recognize. Yeah. like um, And for instance, Dan Shore was one of those people you probably don't recognize. Yes, he played Ram. Yeah, he played Ram. Guy. And he was also a Billy the Kid in our Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure episode. Oh, cool. Uh, which was slash retro rewind podcast.com slash 51 and from history. (laughs) And I also want to even David Warner, who played Stark in this, uh, he was in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles two as professor Jordan Perry. We have not covered that on the the show proper, but Paul and uh, I, and uh, two of our brothers, is that the right way to say it? Paul's brother sure. and one of my brothers. <laughs> we did a commentary track. So if you are a patron, uh, you can listen to that. It's in the bonus stage feed. Uh, but now I digress a bit. Paul, how, how did this movie do at the box office? Uh, the budget of this film was about $17 million, and it went on to gross uh, over $33 million. Oh, I heard the, it was a bomb. That's weird. The, uh, overall, it it did better and then the arcades even produced more than the movie <laughs> initially it didn't do well its first opening weeks but the the word got out all right i guess i'll give you the power up there tron power up that's like twice as much money they made they could have made with marketing it probably evened out right yeah exactly <laughs> and half of that goes to the theaters not to disney i thought so. it was 10 percent. anyway I, well, I don't know what it was like back in 82. I've heard it's half. I, I assumed that's all profit, no? Because <laughs> then that's yeah. how much it made? No. It spawned a sequel. That means it's not. successful. That's all. That's my criteria. It spawned a sequel, so it's successful, yeah. right? That's well, the great criteria. You know what? <laughs> maybe, maybe it did well because there are things people liked about this movie, but maybe it didn't do super well, and that's why people didn't like this movie. I'm sort of spinning my wheels here, my light cycle wheels. You All wish. All that to say, <laughs> I actually, yeah, I do wish that a little bit. <laughs> let's start off our roundtable discussion talking about the things we liked about Tron, and let's start with our guest. Patch, what's one thing you liked? Well, as a designer, I'm always looking at things beyond just like what's being advertised. So when I look at commercials and I, watch, I look at advertisements on um, in magazines and things like that, I kind of look at how the pages laid out and mm-hmm. kind of the typography and stuff. Yeah. And I, I love the use of color mm. in the film. Oh, sure. Uh, specifically the, the, the division between good and bad symbolized by the red and the blue, mm-hmm. the bloods and the crypts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The cyber gangs that we're talking about, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but, but it was really cool because it didn't just differentiate. It helped kind of 
elevate the story a little bit because even by oh. the end of the film, when the big you know resolution happened, the red you know the red line turned to blue, and mm-hmm. they made it kind of a big somewhat of a plot point. But one of the things I read in the trivia was that the original plan was to have the circuit lines of like the quote good programs glow yellow and yeah. the bad programs. Uh, have blue circuit lines. Mm-hmm. But at mm-hmm. one point it was changed. And I actually noticed that before I read this because if you watch the original light cycle yeah. um, thing, and even in the, the, the later light cycle scene, Sark's um, light cycle is blue, yeah. even though he's red. And then the other guys is like yellow and he's actually blue. And so it was yeah. a little confusing to me. And I was yeah, like, why did they too. do that? Yeah. And so reading that trivia kind of gave me a little bit of uh you know, do, 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 do insight. And so now I know, okay, they were being conscious of it. They just didn't catch everything. So yeah. yay for them and yay for good use of color. Exactly. And one, one aspect of the color that I noticed, it was actually interesting. So right after the, the DVD release I got from the library has a mini documentary, like right after the film, like if you stay through the credits, it starts this mini doc and watching that it replays the sort of, Go, Flynn going from the real world to the grid and you see all that sort of old 3D animation clouds and mm-hmm. stuff. Mm-hmm. And I noticed in there that all the bands of all the lines that are apparently going up to the real world are red, except for the one that Flynn goes down, which is, I assume, the one uh, Dermont? Dumont? Dumont? Dupont? Dumont. Whatever his guy, the old guy's name. Uh <laughs> Apparently he won't accept Dumont. <laughs> <laughs> His was still blue, so I that's I that's cool that they had that forethought of oh this is the one line the one pl- way into the Encom heart or the Master Control Program heart still. Uh, so that, I thought that was a cool piece that you don't pick up on on your first viewing. Mm-hmm. Paul, what's something you liked? Well, as a fan of Sorry, my mind went blank. As a fan of time travel, I love the. It's a little throwaway line, and but if people who watch the Rocky and Bullwinkle cartoon series or even the the movie of the Sherman and Mister Peabody, uh-huh. there's a line that uh, Flynn says, uh, "Sherman, set your wayback machine for three years ago." And he says, and if you know anything about the the cartoon, it's an excellent. The Wayback Machine is a time machine used by Sherman, and you, look look it up on YouTube. They have some cartoons, but it's a cartoon set in the '60s. Yeah, uh, that uses a, a time machine. It's just a little throwaway line. I was like, oh, that is so cool. It's it's so deep cut that uh, only that f- went over my head. Yeah, because you're a newbie. That's why. Well, I okay. <laughs> Confession Was time. this your new tube? Was I new really tube? dislike Rocky and Bullwinkle. Well, why don't you like on. Rocky and Bullwinkle? They're so great. Oh, it just seems so dumb to me. All right. Well, it went over your head. Understood. It, yeah. it can't. It's not for everybody. Uh, okay. Uh, but cool. I'm glad. I'm glad you like that aspect. Yeah. You uh, rarely hear those uh, references in movies these days. Uh, so that cool. is quite true. Uh, similar, well, kind of similar to at least along the same lines as patches like I, I like how the, the effects, especially in the tank were done, like the, the Mm. way the color was used and it looked so futuristic in there. 
mm-hmm. in those tanks, and as well as in the battleship, uh, Sarks and the Master Controller's battleship. I don't know what else you'd call that. Do you guys? Is there an official name for that cruiser they're in? I don't think I remember it giving being given a name. I just okay. call it the ominous digital ship or something like that. The ODS. Because <laughs> <laughs> we have to copyrighted, acronymize everything. There you yep. go. The, so the ODS. It's the, o- the odious ODS. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I I loved sort of the interiors of a lot of the tanks that uh, and several other interiors I thought were pulled off really well and really looked like how I would imagine a digital vehicle looking. Yeah. So I, I really appreciate that. Let's go back to Paul. One of the things, after watching Tron Legacy, one of the things that I picked up on watching this movie again is that you get to see Clue, yes. which is Flynn's program that looks like him and is in the movie Tron Legacy. Uh-huh. You get to see that character even before you get to see Tron. So it was just cool as as someone who, if you're familiar with uh, Tron Legacy, but you're not familiar with uh, this movie, uh, it has, I was surprised because I didn't really remember him from yeah, the, this first neither. movie. Yeah. So when he came on, he was talking to Clue. I was like, oh, that's so cool yep. that they brought him back for the second. The totally. Sequel. Yeah. I, I There were several things like that that, I, I've seen. I saw Tron Legacy a lot more recently than I saw this original Tron. I mean, other since I watched it just last night. I mean, and there were several like uh, touch points between the two that I love that the filmmakers had those, and Clue was yeah. one of them. I'm like, wow. I I thought Clue was just a a uh, something made up for Legacy, but it's cool that they brought it over from this original. Yeah, totally. Uh, yeah. Were there things like that that you? liked about the movie patch um there were i think small touches of thought that go into the the world that they were building mm-hmm. the the thing i enjoyed the most was um with regards to that was the the fact that even in the real world themes things seem kind of futuristic mm-hmm. for instance the the computer desk that, that oh, Dillinger yeah. was using. I thought yes. that was kind of cool. Yeah. And the voice of the MCP. And then, you know, of course, the grid. Of course, it's not called the grid in this. It's it's kind of referred to that in Legacy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The, the, the way in which that world is imagined. I mean, it mm-hmm. felt like it was, you know, it wasn't thought of, um, I don't want to call it logically. It was thought of creatively. It was like, at the beginning of you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna use Tron Legacy as an example. At the beginning, you hear Flynn of Tron Legacy. You hear Flynn's voice saying, "You know, what were the you know what was it like on there? Were they you know were they like circuits or motorcycles or highways or whatever? Because mm-hmm. those are things that we think about when we think about the information superhighway early on. Yeah, and I felt like those kinds of thoughts went into the design and creativity of the world of of the grid and Incon and. I thought that was very forward thinking. It was definitely something that you weren't seeing at the time. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why it probably wasn't well received because it, it was definitely doing things that were different from your standard storytelling and this, design fair. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This was so ahead of its time and its concepts and, and, and the, it's amazing how this actually came to be like with cyberspace and right. computers connecting to each other around the world. And uh-huh. I remember watching it as a kid thinking, 
oh, computers can't hack into the the Pentagon, let alone Russia and all this. Now it's like, uh, that's old news. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right. <laughs> totally. Something you said triggered a, a thought, and now I'm now it's derezzing. So never mind. Oh. <laughs> maybe I'll maybe we'll come back. End to of me. line. End of line, pretty much. <laughs> but uh, okay, well, cool patch. Uh, let's go back to Paul for another one. I enjoyed the cast in this, especially uh, with Jeff Bridges, the uh, mm. the guy who played Tron, and the girl, and. Mm-hmm. Even the uh, the main villain, I thought it was really creepy. David yes. Warner is like he's someone you don't want to go against. True. Um, and it, but it, what's weird, according to the director, he says in real life he's like kind of a frail man. Oh, but whenever like whenever he was wa- like watch when they were watching the dailies, they were surprised. Wow, this guy is menacing. Yeah, oh, totally. <laughs> he very. He, I mean, I guess that's a testament to his skill as an actor, but yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I think I think in the the trivia on IMDb said he actually auditioned for the role of Tron. Oh, really? Yeah, oh, that's interesting. Like, or he, at least he wanted the role of Tron. They mm. they cast him as Dillinger, which yeah, uh, I agree with Paul. I think he was a I think he was a great, I guess, partial villain because uh, I don't I don't know that we have one antagonist. We have two with him and the MCP. That's we'll, true. We'll yeah. talk about but, that later. Okay. Oh no, <laughs> but I agree with you, Patch. Yeah. Uh, awesome. Uh, something else I liked was, and this is kind of an extension of my first like, but the overall concept and production design of everything in this movie. I, I, well, everything in the in the digital part of the movie, not so much mm-hmm. the the real world. But oh, come on, Flynn's arcade. Uh, come on, that's cool, man. Sure, I mean that was cool. Yes, but in terms or- of. I'll tell you what. One thing from the real life that was cool was mm. the helicopter. The oh, red yeah. Line. I did like yeah. how they yeah, dude. is almost a foreshadowing of the, yeah. what they're going to go into. That was but cool. But that just, that just sparks on how good the computer world is. So go ahead, Francis. But I will say that I don't think that would actually fly in the real world because you need to be able to distinguish which side of a of a aircraft you're looking at. That's why they have the red light on one side and the green light on another. And uh, Incom can do anything. Incom can do anything. Yeah. Okay. I was about to say that was real life. <laughs> I know it was real life, but I don't think that would, you could actually put that type of lighting effect on a vehicle that yeah. you're actually using. You have to talk to the, not FCC. Who's in charge of that? Um, <laughs> FAA. FAA. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Yes. The government. The ODS. The government. Yes. The Run ODS. by the NCP. <laughs> yes. There you go. <laughs> Acronym City. Exactly. <laughs> But yeah, the, the light cycles, the light suit, solar center, I just so imaginative and they all felt like they fit together. So I, yeah. I, I, I just love that. Uh, and I very, can't agree with you more because that was my next like was the overall design. Oh, okay. So I love the, especially the light cycles. I mean, yeah. if anything I, that of all the design elements, the light mm-hmm. cycles are so my favorite. Yeah. Especially if I'm not comparing this to legacy. I think if. Yes. If I'm making it, yeah, I'm not going to go there because I think it's. Yeah, this is that we're talking about this movie. Yes, yeah. we're talking about this movie. Yeah. Even though you guys brought up Legacy already several times, but that's okay. Well, it's hard not to because they are connected, you know? True. Yeah. Uh, Patch, why don't you give us one more thing you liked and then we'll go to our classic makers? Well, uh, Paul, you mentioned the cast overall. I want to just kind of pull out. Jeff Bridges' character of, of Flynn, mm-hmm. and specifically his his ability to have levity in the midst of this kind of, I guess you'd call it an action adventure movie. 
Mm. I think there were times that his character I thought were were just he he just he's, his laissez-faire attitude throughout the whole film seemed to fit his character. Like he didn't ever yeah. seem like he was he didn't have to brood, he didn't have to do That's any of true. that stuff. And I think that that fit his character because he was very much kind of a swashbuckling Indiana Jones type, you know, just adventurer, mm-hmm. even down to lines like when he is like, of course, he you know when he beats Space Paranoid, he's like, "It's all in the wrists," and then he tells, <laughs> you know, he tells, you know, he talks to, um, he talks to uh, his team. Um, I can't remember their names. Tron, Tron's user and and Laura, Alan and Alan. Think, thank yeah, you, yeah. Alan and Laura. And you know, he's trying to open the door, and he does his little programming, and he's just kind of waiting. And he goes, "That is a big, big door. door." Yeah. And then later on, he as he's sneaking through Incom, he's doing that overly. Uh, ze- you know, overly zealous sneaking around and then yeah. hides behind one of the mainframes. Yeah. All of those little things, his dialogue with the MCP, all that just seems to fit with a character that is a rebel, that doesn't yeah. seem to care about um, authority, which again, let's go back to Tron Legacy, is the is echoed in his son, yeah. you know, who doesn't yeah. have that kind of... And I, I just, I love the, I love the consistency of that and not necessarily between the two movies, but within the movie, just seeing that character continue to to stay that consistent and not have to necessarily change per se. That who he was is what the movie needed to get to its final resolution. He didn't have to change to get to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he did, certainly did feel very integrated as a character. Like it, it, just like you said, he didn't feel like in the real world he was one way, and then in the Tron world he was different. He was still the same character. Right. He adapted. Out. He adapted to the world around him. The, mm-hmm. He didn't have to. Well, I mean, and I say he adapted, but he didn't have to change as a result of being in one world or the other. He's the Borg, is what you're saying. Ex- essentially, yeah. Mm-hmm. But he didn't assimilate other people. He just derezzed them. Not <laughs> yet. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Uh, well, let's get to the things we love the most our classic makers for Tron. Uh, you know, I think I'll go ahead and start. And this is something you mentioned in one of your likes, uh, Patch, well, or kind of. I thought this movie did such a great job of what I'm going to call world founding. Mm. Uh, it, I wouldn't say it did so much world building. I think Tron Legacy does way more world building, but that's because it has such a great foundation mm. set up by this movie. There's so much in this. That I, I feel like you could take so many elements and tell great stories within this oh, universe. Yeah. There's like, what, what what's going on with, the, those bug things that randomly pop up at the end, I, mm-hmm. like a whole adventure just exploring these outer reaches of the, of, uh, the grid, I guess. Yeah, cyberspace. Or maybe more of an origin story about where the... What are the things called in Legacy that Olivia Wilde is one of? Oh, those creatures. Yeah, yeah. not nymphs. Omegas or... <laughs> Omega-3 fatty acids. There you go. Um, <laughs> Fish oil. Fish, <laughs> that's what they inside are. the grid. <laughs> They're everywhere. Uh, but I just I love that <clears throat> that aspect in this movie, and I I think I forget if we were saying before we started the actual recording here, but I, I wish I wish there'd be more movies because there, it seems like there's so many stories that could be told. It's like a this. whole world of possibilities. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm done with my little rant there. Uh, Patch, what's your classic maker? Well, it's in the same vein as yours. Mm. I I can respect any group of storytellers that 
take an idea and push it into a different place. I was mm. just I was recently reading a um a a storybook to my to my son and it was about it was called the 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 tale of the crayons and it was about these crayons that are writing to their owner about why they should be used for what they like you know it's like dear so and so uh, you know, I'm the red crayon and I get used way too much. Can you just give me a break? So they're and communicating I, with their users. Exactly. Oh, okay. <laughs> and so in that same vein, what I'm getting, what I got such a joy out of was that concept uh-huh. of, of the story, the idea of users and programs yeah. kind of coexisting and how they communicate with one another. Um, this story, you know, the, the whole plot could have easily taken place in the real world as an intent, attempt to be kind of a full-on hacker movie because mm-hmm. that's really what Flynn was trying to do. He's like, oh, sure, yeah. there's, in, there's information at Incom and I've got to retrieve it. And it could have taken place completely on the streets of wherever he was. Um, mm-hmm. I don't even know if they tell you what city they're in. Um, yeah, but huh. the decision to place it inside a computer mm-hmm. felt very forward-thinking and refreshing. Mm-hmm. And it helped to create that really fun fantastical suspension of disbelief early on in the film. I love the fact that the, the, the first shots are kind of a combination of someone playing a video game and cut to the inside of the grid, mm-hmm. you know, so we get introduced to the, to the villain early on, or at least to his lackey. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, we get kind of a connection of how those things are placed together. And mm-hmm. over the course of the film, those things build up and we get more of that connection and then we get little drops of like this religion and philosophy, these kind of ideas of, of, uh, because they even refer to the, the, the belief in the users as a religious yeah. nonsense. And then of course the use of the games kind of harkening back to the, the Roman, uh, mm-hmm. the, the original kind of ancient, uh, Olympic games and stuff like that. All that was just very cool. And I thought it was just fun to have all those elements come together to create something that was new at the time. Mm -hmm. And, um, again, going back to my original thought that I wish, you know, it, that's probably why it wasn't received very well was because it was doing something a little different, Mm -hmm. but you know, it's, it's, it's it's what I enjoyed the most about it. Yeah. Indeed. uh, I want to touch on real quick. quick. I was going through, okay, you're done. I was curious what other movies came out. Because I was going it, it's relevant to one of the things I didn't like, but I was E.T. curious what other movies came out in E2. And a lot <laughs> of, actually, a lot of fantasy esque, like yeah. uh, barbarian type movies came out mm-hmm. in, in the, in 82. So I right. feel like that's even, it creates even more of a juxt- juxtaposition with this mm-hmm. movie that's way future thinking compared to these movies that are um, told from almost a, uh, just an old old world mythology as opposed to this new mythology. Hmm. Right on. Uh, but Paul, why don't cool. you tell us your classic maker? My uh, classic maker in this is very similar to Patches. It's basically the overall story behind it. Mm. The concept of this movie is like, oh, what is this about? It's about you know a guy getting going into the video games or the computer world. That concept is cool in of itself, but then you have the story of the. Uh, of the like the corporate takeover versus the computer hackers uh that whole scene in the in the boardroom between um uh, uh is it dillinger yeah dillinger and and the dr gibbs there mm-hmm. it's like they're arguing about oh th- we request you know that's what computers are for and 
Dillinger says doing business is what computers are for. So you have that that scene right there is excellent for the story. It puts yeah. a, um, more weight into it. And then you have on top of not only discovering this new world, but you have trying to save not only the computer world, but the real world as it takes over, like all, all these different things. And, um, you know, you have the guy trying to retrieve and his honor and, you know, uh, and it's a bonus at the end where, spoiler alert, he gets the company. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but then so he loses it because he gets trapped inside Because he grid, sucks yeah. <laughs> into the game. Uh, lose your dad. Uh, lose your dad. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but overall, uh, I think the concept in itself could be very boring uh, if, if you j- just look at, like, oh, there's a guy that goes into, like, oh, it's cool special effects but to sit through an hour plus of that could be boring but mm-hmm. i think they do i think the story is engaging for that mm. it really helps the concept of it okay cool guys now before we get to the things that didn't help this movie so much we go out to social media facebook instagram twitter and ask you all hey what do you think about this movie do you have good memories of it and here's what some of you had to say First off, uh, Diego Avila 79 says the overall aesthetic was really cool, especially in the race scene. I had one of those books with a cassette tape that made the sound effects during the race scene. Oh, so cool. Yeah. <laughs> also, the weapon that was like a discus frisbee was cool. Oh, yes. <laughs> I used to play that as a kid with the frisbee, pretend I'm Tron. And I'm throw sure it around. I did too. I don't really remember, but that sounds like something I would have done. Uh, Nate Henderson says light cycles. Futawa or FTW for the win, in case yeah. you don't know what that means. You said Futawa? That's that's like a I, I a, haven't heard elite that. way on of a, saying it. Futawa? No, it's like almost like the meme that where you, you see the girl going, Air my gear. Yeah. Yeah, it's okay. I think it's similar to that. Fritterman. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Anyways, thank you, Diego and Nate. Uh Geek Devotion says I have lots as we were just as we just did an episode on this movie. And nice. you can check out their podcast, Com Talk. Anyway, uh, as an adult, I find the humanization of AI to be very interesting considering when the movie came out. Mm-hmm. So thank you, Geek De- Geek. <laughs> thank you, Geek Devotions. Uh, food fetish catering or yeah, food fetish catering says, This is awesome, smiley face. Thank you, food fetish. Catering. Uh, Deborah Powers says the master cylinder guy was big and creepy. I mm. loved Tron. Classic in my book. Heart emoji. Thought it was wild to see the players literally enter the video game. Thank you, Deb. Aaron Wallace says I remember even as a young kid understanding the movie was ahead of its time. Mm. Thank you, Aaron. Eric Purcell says I remember that glowing frisbee action. Smiley face. <laughs> Thank you, yeah. Eric. The CP Perspective says, don't remember much about the movie, except that everybody glowed. So thank mm-hmm. you, the CP Perspective. And finally, Chrissy Ruiz says, um, I don't remember it. So <laughs> thank you, There Christy. you go. <laughs> Perfect memory. Perfect yeah. memory. Perfect. Well, Perfect. I can understand that as we go into a segue. For some, it could be very forgettable, this movie. Yeah, and I actually had forgotten a lot about this movie, including the fact that 15 minutes into the movie, I know who, who I'm rooting against, who the bad guys are, 
but I still wasn't quite sure who I was supposed to be rooting for. I mean, Tron. you have Tron. The movie's name is Tron. But, yeah, but, you but you're not introduced to Tron until yeah. much later. Yeah. There's this Flynn guy, <laughs> and he's hacking into something. I guess that's okay, maybe, if I know what hacking is. But he's trying to take that. Yeah, I was very confused. I mean, I wasn't confused because I've seen this movie before, but it seems like, especially for someone seeing this for the first time, who who who's the good guy here? Who who do well, I, they had a whole conversation heart? up in the upper room of the arcade about we got to go in there. I looked. To retrieve. That's after the fifteen minute mark. It's like well, seventeen to twenty minutes in. They talk about that, and yes, by then, okay, now I know. You guys, this is the re. This is your motivation. I'm on board. Let's go get Encom. But okay, so I didn't realize there was a 15 minute mark that everyone had to put all their chips in to hmm. make sure that we're all we're yeah, all there. That's interesting. I, I I didn't know that that was a, a rule in cinema that you had to have your antagonist. I can understand a eye roll right now. I can understand a half hour TV show because that's I'm, more than halfway done. I'm but sure you could. Name several movies where they do not take that long to get to who the good guys are. No, but I can sure I can na- name a few that take longer. Okay, name name that we would like as interesting movies. Mm-hmm. The Usual Suspects. I've never seen it. Mm. Okay, Brian Singer. He's a director. Let's call mm. Brian. He knows. He knows about that. <laughs> yeah, Brian. Why don't you tell us? Let's get Brian on the phone. Tell us a movie, Brian. <laughs> now, let me call him here. Yeah. Hello? Oh, Brian. Oh, Brian. I'm glad we caught you tonight. Are, are you having a good night? What did you have for uh, dinner? I was until you called. What's this about? <laughs> we we want to know, what's a movie where it takes more than 15 minutes to find out who the good guys are? Uh, X-Men. Have you seen those uh, uh, the cr- credits in that? That thing takes like 20 minutes just in the credits alone. <laughs> Oh, yeah, and you're right. We do establish the bad guy, Magneto, though he's kind of like yeah. you want him to be the good guy at first because he's taken away from his uh, well, parents. You know, it, it, there's there's a lot of movies out there where uh, uh, I've, there aren't even any good guys. There are a bunch of bad guys fighting each other. Oh, you're saying the, the sort of gray area is becoming very intrusive into movie making these days. Yeah, uh, I don't know. I'm not making movies right now. Oh, sorry, sorry to bring up that wound for you, Brian. Oh, sorry, we, sorry. We gotta go though. I so gotta get you. back. I'm I'm enjoying my ice cream. No, though. I'm hanging up on you, Brian. Bye. No, no. What? <laughs> well, that was uh, illuminating. Why don't we go? <laughs> Not to patch. What's something you didn't like? Well, um, I think that the the computer hacking in the film was pretty weak. Um, yeah. Do tell. I mean, as much as I, as much as I liked the overall like story and the way in which it was done, I felt like typing in somewhat coherent sentences, getting you what you need didn't seem very realistic. Yeah. Um, I think that was played to the audience because they wouldn't know just command lines, you know? No, I, I agree, so they typed in full sentences. <laughs> but and, and this is, yeah. And this is of course a product of, of where and when it took place uh, in terms of when the movie came out. But it was, it just, to me, if you're going, if you're going to do hacking, I mean, I think war games came out, mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, you know, in that same time period. And it seemed to have a little bit more legitimacy in terms of the hacking that was taking place. Mm. Um, and so for me, it just didn't really work uh, that well. 
felt like it could have been better. Even, you know, even if it was incoherent, you would recognize that you're doing some kind of computer work that didn't require explanation. You could just have maybe some, you know, some dialogue or some monologue in your head, like, okay, here's what I'm going to do. Because we hear that. We hear Flynn talking to Clue, telling him, okay, here's what we need to find. Mm -hmm. And he could have, he probably could have still had that dialogue with Clue at the beginning while typing in random numbers, you know, and that kind of stuff. So yeah. for me, I just, eh, it was okay. It just, oh, okay. it wasn't I, terrible. It just was like, okay, that's, you know, that, that would be what I would type in if I was like, I don't know what to code. So I'm just going to type in query, yeah. uh, MCP. How's it going? Yeah. <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. And I, I, I don't quite remember what Matthew Broderick's character entered in war games, richardremonpodcast.com slash 86. But I do recall that he had the, the girl there, who he was telling what he was doing. So yeah, exactly. They had that type of, uh, ex- they had dialogue exposition. going on exposition to tell you what you were seeing on screen that, which you may not understand. I, mm-hmm. So I completely agree with you on that, uh, patch. Paul, is that something one of your dislikes or do you have no, something else? My dislike is basically what patch said at the very beginning mm. of when I realized the, the bad guys were in the blue cycles, they're wearing red. The guys wearing red were in blue vehicles and the guys wearing blue were in red, yellow vehicles. Yeah. And it was very confusing it was. To, be, to be like, okay, who am I rooting for in this? And is that okay? Or I don't know. Though by that, time by the light cycle race you they've shown flynn in the, the first, blue for a while no but the first cycle race oh that's right i forget i forgot that part yes you're right yeah and even then they flynn and them were in the yellow and orange cycles not mm-hmm. blue mm-hmm. so right. it's still confusing it was like yeah so it yeah were there any other things like that that confused you that you didn't like patch no, I think the light cycles were the only ones that kind of kept that original concept mm-hmm. from from the initial color palette, and uh, um, you know it it didn't detract, but it was something I noticed because of the emphasis that they put on the color in mm-hmm. the film. Mm-hmm. When when seventy five percent of your your colors are red versus blue, right? And in fact, kinda... it, it made the ending confusing too, especially as a kid watching it. Mm-hmm. It was like, oh, now all the red beams are becoming blue because the good guys win, and now it's all blue. Oh wait, no, there's red and yellow. Oh wait, I thought it was all supposed to be blue. Now what's going mm-hmm. on? Yeah. So, so yeah, that's something that I think if you were going to remaster this or re-edit it, <laughs> that would be yeah. a fix that you would make in in some of your production. Yeah. But I mean, it, it, it's nice to know that little ba- piece of backstory to know that that they did have in, the good intentions. They just didn't catch everything. And yeah. I think the the problem was is that the light cycles were probably the coolest aspect of the games. Like there were yeah there were three different games that we saw uh, within the grid and the light. Mm-hmm. You know, you had the disc throwing. You had the um, oh, the yeah, ball the, bouncing. The ball ba- yeah the the liquid Pong. ball or whatever yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And then you had the light cycle, and and that obviously carried over into the the sequel, which told us that that was probably the coolest aspect of it. In fact, I was in an arcade the other day playing Tron. It was one of the retro oh, games, whoa. and that was one of the games you could play was the light cycle. And nice. of course, yeah. I was terrible at it, but you Aww. know, it's like that but, nibbles or snake game, right? Yeah, nibbler, nibbler yeah, man versus yeah. snake. <laughs> but the uh, but I think because 
because that particular event or that particular game became the popular one, it made the the color difference stand out more. That's a yeah. good point. Uh, what, what was something you didn't like though? I I heard you sort of go against what Paul was, or add to what Paul was saying. Was that something that you didn't like, or was there something else you didn't like? No, I, I think um, I liked I liked the trio of. Of characters of of Flynn and Alan and Laura, mm-hmm. I didn't really care for the romance aspect of it. I felt like the story could have been fine without that. Mm. You know, yeah. with the backstory of Flynn and Laura, and then Laura and Alan. It I just thought it added another dimension to it. It did, but it didn't feel it felt it didn't feel like it it contributed to the overall story. I think it was something interesting, and it created a couple of good you know moments of of humor with. You know, Flynn saying, "Does she still leave her clothes on the floor?" And is she fourteen? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but but there was nothing beyond maybe a couple of scenes that really seemed to to give it any kind of level of importance. Um, so and, for me, it was just it didn't really m- make much sense to be there. And you know what? I I I hate uh, love triangles. I hate them so much. But they do create tension, and they. It seemed like there was a missed opportunity there because there wasn't a whole bunch of tension I felt between the three. There wasn't supposed to be. Okay, well, because then, they moved on beyond that. Then but that's, I just it's agree an with after What's the point of having any it's past relation? Uh, I don't. I don't find it all that interesting. I all almost right. it almost makes me expect a love triangle tension to crop up and then it doesn't. And it's like, yeah, why be? It's like, why why, why tease that? Yes, there exactly. Why tease oh. that? They were setting it up for the sequel, <laughs> which didn't happen in time. So that was an annoyance. But something. Wait. Oh, maybe he did wind up marrying her, and that's who their kid they got the kid from. But then why would? Then why, why would she be in the sequel? And what? And no, because she dies. I know that. But then why would Alan be like, "Oh yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna help you, uh, kid." Uh, because they're still friends, but they were. I thought weren't they? I guess they weren't married. They were just in a relationship. No, they're yeah. I don't. That just see makes, that it just opens makes it the door for possibilities. All right, well, <laughs> all right. Anyway, something I. I'm sorry, I annoyed you. Speaking of remaster, remastering this, if they ever do, and I think they did. They did a little bit. They, they did, did some touch ups with some flickering. Something I wish they would have touched up more. A lot of the blue screen. And or rotoscoped effects around yes. the edges of the actors. Yes. There's so much flickering. I mean, not yes. so much, but there's constant. Oh, it is on and, some scenes. Yeah. yeah, and just like little abnormalities that just really bother me. Yeah. It's just like, come on, you. I'm sure you can go back and fix this. The, that seems like something very fixable. <clears throat> and another thing that really that I maybe and maybe you guys can dissuade me of this. But it really bothered me that there's in all the actually it, you can't dissuade me of it. It bothered me that when you see the human, the human, the actors in yes. the digital world in Tron, yes. they yes. don't have any shadows. There's nothing beneath them that's shadowed. And I and you could say, well, maybe in the digital world there aren't any shadows. But if yeah. you look at CG scenes like with the deresers or other things, they cast shadows. So there are shadows in this world. It's just bothersome know. that. None of the the human characters had shadows. Like you look at their feet, it's like they're floating on the the matte painting that's oh, superimposed behind that. them. Yeah, it, that bothered me. 
Okay, I'll, I'll take a step back. <laughs> I don't know why that's so passionate for me. Breathe. Let's go to Patch. Why don't you give us one more dislike you had for Tron? As much as I like the design of the of the film and all the stuff that kind of went along with it, there was one component of it that really kind of threw me off. And I was grateful that it wasn't on screen very long. And that was Dumont's design and that pyramid-looking thing. It was really <laughs> weird. Yes. I mean, yeah. It looked as though he was, like, forced to be inside, like, a pyramid and yeah. have his head stick out. Like, one of those when you're at an amusement park or something and you, you stick your head in, like, the the bodies around oh, you. Oh, yes. So yes. That it is it reminded me like, of yeah. that. And it just yeah. felt completely weird to me. I, I mean, agree I was, with you. When you said design, I'm like, oh, no, I can't agree with you. But when you said Dumont in the game, yes. Totally yeah. agree with you. Yeah, and yeah. why is he always sponsoring NASCAR? That makes no sense. I don't get it. I think you're thinking DuPont. Yeah, yeah that's exactly. <laughs> Terrible jokes. Oh, come on. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that yeah, terrible it, jokes, it, terrible design, that or just was, very weird. Not not really grounded in anything, I want to say. Oh, he's definitely it, grounded <laughs> on a on a Lazy Susan or whatever it is, that turning <laughs> table. Lazy thing. Susan, that's for sure. You kind of want to spin him a few times. Be like, yeah. Hey. Like he was going to be a fortune teller. Like, if I spin you around, if you point, <laughs> like, spin the Dumont, you know, kind of like spin the bottle. It's like, wherever you land, you got to kiss that, that program. <laughs> wow. This is derailing quickly. Uh, <laughs> As opposed to derezzing. Exactly. Yes. Okay. Paul, why don't you give us the thing you didn't, one more thing you didn't like? One more thing I didn't like is that oh, I thought overall the pacing was okay, but there were a lot of parts I felt moved too slow, and they were usually on the scenic part of inside the computer mm. where it seemed like there was a lot of extra time to like, ooh, look at this special effect, where I think it just uh, kind of slowed it down even more. Um, I could see that. That's, Based on, you know, today's viewing, I don't know if it was back then, but on reviewing it, it's like, oh, this could have been cut short here by a few seconds, Mm -hmm. by a few more here. So I think uh, some trimming of some scenes that went on a little extra long in the computer room would have helped it. Yeah. You know what? I was... I honestly, I mean, my tragic prediction was like I was dreading watching this movie a little bit because I remember it being this two and a half hour slog fest. Yeah. yeah. And when I look at the back, I'm like, 96 minutes. Oh, that doesn't seem too bad. It's Why only 96 minutes? Yeah. And I'm like, wow. I thought it was I at least like two this hours. Is longer, but <laughs> yeah. okay, maybe it won't Some be so bad. Some scenes do feel that way to me. Yeah. But that being said, I didn't feel like it was that bad of a slog this time watching it. I was pretty engaged for, for the great majority of it. But I completely agree with you about it. Need, it could do with some trimming. Yes. The thing I didn't like, well, before my tragic maker anyways, was the music. I felt like oh. it was very meh. When it was present at all, I felt like that that light cycle scene, I'm like, where is the music? I'm, I mean, the worrying's fine, but I need something. I feel like... You need it, Daft Punk? It feels, yes, I need Daft Punk. Give me my Daft <laughs> Punk right now, because that'd be awesome. You've been spoiled by the legacy. I, it's true. I know that shouldn't influence it, but man. I, and so I well, went... There isn't a memorable Tron theme either, so I, I'm going to have to agree with you on that. Yeah, and, and I was curious. Maybe, you know, maybe 
82 was weird and no one had a good soundtrack or something. E. Maybe there's some exactly ET came out. Conan the Barbarian, the dun 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 dun. Awesome. That was a play <laughs> Doris. Uh that uh there were there's a couple others with soundtracks that oh yeah, that's totally memorable. I I don't know what happened with Tron. Uh, they ran out of money. <laughs> uh, sorry, Wendy, but I didn't really care for your score here. Yeah, uh, I would have hired that, John Williams. That's the... definitely a weak point. John Williams, right? Uh, elite point. <laughs> yes, it is elite point. All right, guys, let's get to the things that we hate most about Tron. Things we want off the grid. Let's begin. Let's begin with Paul this time. The thing that I hated most about the original Tron movie is that. As far as the special effects were for its time was so far ahead, uh-huh. um, unfortunately, those effects don't hold up. And it's basically what you said earlier, Francisco. Oh. There's a lot of scenes of flickering, um, yeah. especially on the suits. Uh, the, not, the, not the background 3D elements, but the rotoscoping of the, with the people inside the computer realm, um, just the, around some of the lines. It's very distracting. Did, did you watch this in SD or HD? I'm curious. I watched it in SD. HD, baby. Got to get the Blu-ray because the special effects in this really stand out and it's really crisp and sharp. I'm telling you, you said they're bad. If you ever see this movie, you got to watch at least 1080p, not the streaming because for whatever reason, it's not full 1080p. It's not the Christmas crispness of <laughs> uh, a Blu-ray that it it. There is it's spectacular the 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 quality of the good special effects. Unfortunately, the bad special effects also are uh in, amplified. Uh, yes, jump out at you. So okay. uh it's very noticeable and very distracting. Uh that's unfortunate. But yes. uh, cool for the the parts where it's really good. Yes. Uh for me, my tragic maker, the thing I had most was almost coupled with the music. The overall sound design was varied. I wasn't a <sighs> bit or one bit enough for you. No, it was very lackluster and sometimes just straight annoyed me. Like the a screech sound effect, like a tire screech sound effect for a flying re- recognizer. Come on, that's like <laughs> ridiculous. Why would you do that? I didn't notice. That's yeah, why, when, because a lot of people probably wouldn't it's notice. So. It's totally it's, distracted you, me. It totally. Do you have the same problem with the Tie Fighters in Star Wars as they're coming by because there's no sound in space? Oh, that's a whole different issue. No, I don't. <laughs> but this is where a sound effect is. A, it's a very real world sound effect that they're coupling with this very not of this world reality. Yeah, and so we can relate to it more. No, it, it's it's almost like they're playing it for I don't know if they're playing it for comedy or what. That just really bothered me. And a lot of uh, the other sound in this felt very antiquated and not mm-hmm. I, I there were somewhere it was I felt like they were they were playing up the video game aspect of it and I felt mm-hmm. like those worked well. But mm-hmm. stuff like like the re- the recognizers screeching, the light cycles I would say are an example of Good sound design, but mm. yeah, there are, there are lots of examples of poor sound design. Uh, so much that it was your tragic making. Yes. Uh, okay. And that leaves Patch. What did you hate most about Tron? Well, I hate such a strong word, fellas. What do you super, <laughs> super hate? Spies. 
explode. <laughs> Detest. The thing that I like least about Ron. <laughs> what vexes you about this movie? <laughs> was, the quote, was the quote resolution of the of Flynn getting his quote evidence. So like standard definition resolution or high definition? Uh-huh, uh-huh. But you're, you know what? You bring up a good point. I didn't realize that. Yeah. Go How could it. you not just, yeah, I'm sorry. Yes, go ahead. <laughs> As we As you step on my tragic maker. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> what I when you know we go through this big ordeal and he throws a disc into the MCP and then red turns to blue and, mm-hmm. and it's then beautiful. he gets and it's great and then we get a three line printout on a dot matrix printer <laughs> that's basically proof yeah. yeah that and it it was something that just didn't seem very believable to me and this is connected to the whole idea of the hacking and the yeah. the kind of the the very simplified way in which you're like, and in the end he got his stuff back. The end, <laughs> right? You know, beca- because and so when I was reading up on this again, IMDb trivia is a place that I live most of my movie life uh, yes. outside of the theater. There was actually a novelization done of oh. this of this movie. I want to read it at some point. Yeah, and in the final in the novelization, a final printout. Flynn gets is very different from the one shown in the movie. It's more oh. detailed and complicated. Oh, nice. Shown like a database list, and it shows evidence that Dillinger stole several game programs, not just Space Paranoids. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And they go on to say that the filmmakers may have had this idea in mind because if you watch when Dillinger reads that same printout on his computer when he walks in the next morning, you'll see him sit back. And if you look at the desk, it shows a lot more data than just those three lines. So to me, I think that had, I I know why they didn't, for the same reason they didn't want to confuse you with the hacking stuff. They didn't want to, they wanted to really kind of wrap up like, this is what happened. Um, I felt like the ending was sort of meh. Felt like it just kind of ended abruptly. Mm -hmm. And while it did leave itself open to, you know, maybe what could happen next if it's meant to be a standalone feature, which at the time it was, it just felt like, and they lived happily ever after. And that just didn't yeah. really sit well with me. I, I, I wanted more of what, you know, legacy ended up kind of doing for me, but for the sake of Tron as a, as a movie itself, that was kind of, that was kind of um, disappointing. Do you feel it, like, it, I, I was feel- about to say, I agree with you in that. And patch, when I saw that, I was like, Oh, I could have typed that up in two right. minutes for yes, you exactly. and saved you all the trouble. But go ahead, Princess. I was going to say, uh, do you feel like it would have felt like too many endings? I mean, I know that's some like movies like Return of the King get accused of a lot. It's like, it keeps <laughs> ending. Just end it, which I'm fine. I'm like, no, more endings. That's fine. 15 I refrains. <laughs> exactly. I don't think this movie had too many endings compared to Return of the King. I know that, but would it have felt like, oh, you just ended this movie and now you are have this whole other ending. I don't okay. think so because that was a major plot point. That was the reason like they that's were going point. in. Yeah. You know, That's even more important than escaping for yeah. them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think it just it felt a little shorted mm-hmm. in terms yeah. of short level. circuited. Short circuited. <laughs> Number five. Number five is a lie. I, I think if if I'm trying to put myself in the position of these filmmaker of the of these guys designing and doing all these efforts and all this forward thinking, 
it would make sense to me to be like, look, we spent a whole bunch of time trying to create this world, so let's just wrap it up, <laughs> you yeah. know? Mm-hmm. So I could I could see why that's the case. Mm-hmm. I mean, when you spend a lot of time doing stuff, but obviously if someone, as a creator, I want to make sure that the ending gets as much love as the as the middle and the beginning because that's what people are going to leave thinking about. Yeah, totally. Yeah, totally. Well, I hate this movie. All that. (laughs) Oh, we'll get there. With all that, I think it's, we've entered all our targeting information into the firing computer. Alice, do you have a firing solution for us? Firing solution complete. Rating salvo at the ready on your mark. All righty, guys. Do we rate Tron a classic? We'd recommend anyone go out and see this, whether or not they've seen it before. A nostalgic, we'd only recommend this to people who saw it as kids and would like to revisit it, uh, but not to people who who maybe didn't grow up with it as kids. Or a tragic, we would recommend, if you haven't seen this, definitely don't. And if you have seen it before and maybe have good memories, leave those memories intact. Don't uh, destroy that. Don't derez them with a rewatch. Mm, uh, let's, let's go around and start with our guest, Patch. How do you rate Tron? Well, even with some of the faults that I found, I still rate it a classic. I think the overall oh. story and everything that's set up in the story, I think it's, it's it's definitely dated, mm-hmm. and I think a product of that is the fact that these guys were trying to think about the future mm-hmm. and trying to kind of project an idea of what the future is going to be mm-hmm. and what the world of computers is. But I think the imagination that goes into that is kind of a a great benchmark for someone to say, if you want to see what it, what creative storytelling is like, watch this film. Mm. Yeah, so classic I- for me. I can I can back that. Well, I can back your thinking. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, don't tell. Don't Paul, tell you, don't, don't go your shit. <laughs> Paul, uh, what's what's your rating for? for I also Tron? rate Tron a classic. I think um, it was a little too far ahead of its time at the moment, which is why it didn't do so well at the box office at the beginning. But I think a lot of people understand the basic concepts now, mm-hmm. and it would be I think it'd be interesting if anyone who hasn't seen it. Um, give it a shot. You might find it uh, interesting to see where things have come evolved mm-hmm. from. And uh, if you enjoyed it before, I think you'll enjoy it again, especially as we progress through the computer ages, uh, the technology, because they were dealing with things now we're still dealing with. I mean, like you said, Dillinger's desk is or like almost today. Like We're still not there. That's still not in my my home you know what i mean yeah. but you could do you see want where that it, in your home you could it has some possibilities i mean i don't want the master control program in my home <laughs> taking over but um you know i have google or alexa for that or however you want yeah pretty much <laughs> um <laughs> but uh i would yeah i would rate it a classic all right you know what paul i think to add to what you're saying this movie definitely inspired, I would say, a lot of the people that saw it. I, I watched a, a documentary that happens right after the movie. I forget if I mentioned that already. And several of the people said how, yeah, this, or I think actually one of the filmmakers said that people came up to them and said, I saw Tron and it inspired me to be a computer science engineer. This oh, inspired so many me to people. be a yeah. designer. 
and it's amazing how how this yeah this inspired so many people. I think though that only that generation would probably be inspired by this movie. I yes, I would rate. I agree. And that sort of leads me into saying I'd rate Tron a nostalgic. I I up it from tragic. It, it was not as bad as I was worried about by any means. I'd say it's a good movie, but there's elements that like it is slow in parts. Some of the effects bothered me. The sound definitely bothered me. And it really detracted from my overall enjoyment. Uh, I will say this. It definitely made me want to pop in Tron Legacy right after. And I'd say maybe I would. I try not to do this often. But there is a caveat. If you're a big fan of Tron Legacy, I think this is definitely worth seeing to see where it came from and what story beats and elements carry over. Uh, because it definitely, it, like I was saying before, it definitely founds this world in a really unique way and has a lot of things that they didn't take over into legacy that I think would be make for other good storytelling. But I think if you're, if Tron legacy was just okay to you, just, and for you, this isn't going to be any better than that. And, uh, I'll just leave it there. So nostalgic for me. I will say though, we have a few of our patrons. I give a certain level, I believe it's the two dollar or more level, and you're a member of the Rewind Republic, and you get to have a say in whether we and how the how our voting turns out. Especially if we were to come up with like nostalgic, tragic, and classic, then we'd be at a draw. A draw, and our patrons would break that draw, Pierce and they the they would have broken it uh, very well because two of our patrons voted. Two of the one uh, the of the ones that voted, two of them voted classic for Tron. So, what? I didn't get my vote in there. I voted. You classic. just voted. Oh, that. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. I don't get two for being a patron as well. <laughs> oh my word! The perks of it being the almost captain. Now. I think it doesn't really matter because, according to the Retro Rewind podcast, we rate Tron a disputed. Classic movie. We'd recommend Classic sandwich. You go out and see this film, get it from the library, uh, stream it, what have you. I would eat that sandwich, a nostalgic sandwich between yeah. two classic pieces of bread. Yeah. Yummo. Yummo. Oh. That's a if they were tragic bread, it'd be like sourdough. Yeah. <laughs> and I think my wife Chrissy wants it noted that she would dispute that this is a classic movie. What would you rate it? Boring. <laughs> she rates it boring. boring. Yeah, okay. I can see that. I well, had so much now, respect for her until now. Oh, sad day. <laughs> well, it's almost over. Oh, wait, it's just beginning for some. <laughs> yeah, really? <laughs> Welcome to Friday, gentlemen. <laughs> or whatever day we're on. <laughs> yeah. Alice, uh, would you please bring up the communication satellites? Comsat online. Receiving incoming transmission. All righty. We have a little bit of feedback before, actually, before we get to our feedback, a few announcements. It's the usual fare. First off, go to retrorewindpodcast.com slash vote to vote up and down the movies we cover. We were, you're running out of time. There's only a a few weeks left before we're going to close voting and decide on the next five movies, which if you were to go, uh, to that page right now, retro again, retrorewindpodcast.com slash vote slash cast your vote also still works. If you were to go there today, you would see uh, your top five movies are The Muppet Christmas Carol, Monsters what? Inc., 
Yeah, I'm surprised by that too. Robin Hood, the Transformers, the movie, that's the animated movie with the Weird Al song, and okay. Spirited Away. So those are your top five movies now. If you like that list, then I guess you can't, I mean, vote if you haven't voted yet or, uh, or so don't Spirited vote. Away, is that pronounced Ghibli or Ghibli? I thought Studio Ghibli. I think it's Studio Ghibli. Okay. Ghibli with a J. Oh like my a, not like giblets. Giblets. Or, or, that, or, or is it dinner. GIF or JIF? Anyway. It's GIF. Why are we getting GIF. on this? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> anyway, if you, if you voted a long time ago, go back to the site because we changed it. Now you're only voting on 15 movies at a time. So it's a new list. So people that are new to this show, now you're going to have... A, a lot of weight in your votes and people that have been longtime listeners, you will also have a lot of weight. So people that maybe listened to it once a while ago and haven't forever, but voted their votes aren't going to count quite as much. Are you, now. are you calling your listeners fat? Is that what you're saying? PHAT. Yeah. They're, they're, oh, they're fat. So they have a lot of, you said they have a lot of weight. I they're, they're, you meant, like, they're oh. fat. No, they're, they're, um, they're bodybuilding. They're bulking oh, up. So they're gotcha. eating a lot of weight. Beefcake. Yes. <laughs> also want to say, go to, if you'd like to buy any of our merchandise, which right now is just t-shirts and hoodies. I got, I, I got a, a the awesome hoodie for Father's Day. I was so excited. Oh, nice. Thank you to my wife for that. Uh, but go to RetroRewindPodcast.com slash store, and that will take you to our Teespring page where you can find all that stuff. Sweet. Now for some feedback on uh, the Emperor's New Groove episode, which was uh, 119, I believe. Ryan R. Jackson says, okay, need to say something here. When Paul yeah, said they spent $100 million on this movie, I was like, what? I mean, seriously, that kind of movie on an animated film? I mean, I love the movie. Totally a classic, in my opinion. But $100 million? This is especially disturbing when you consider the next film, the next film, Retro Rewind Podcast, covered Newsies, only cost $12 million. Will somebody please make sense of this? And... Paul, I think you did a good job of making sense of that. Do you want to give us the the TLDR? Yeah, basically that's how much animated movies cost. Okay. So there deal with it. <laughs> Sunglass gift down now. Uh, next I want to, uh, we got feedback from a relatively new listener, Brian Minto. Hopefully I'm pronouncing your name right. Uh, Brian, you're, I know you're from the UK, so I'm not sure if there's a certain pronunciation there. Uh but he says, I started listening to the Retro Rewind podcast about 12 weeks ago and have been binge listening to all the episodes from the first episode whilst driving at work. I have wow. just finished the latest episode and feel quite sad that I currently have no more to listen to. Oh, first off, thank you so much for honoring us with listening to every episode. There, there are only a few people I know of that have listened to every episode or are, are currently in the process of listening to every episode. So you're among the elite, Brian. Thank you so much for that. Uh, let's see. I just realized maybe I should have read that in a Scottish accent, but maybe... I don't know if anyone really wants to listen to that. Anyway, if you'd like to leave us feedback... Uh, Paul will mention the social media channels we're on. You can also go to retrorewindpodcast.com slash contact, and there's an email form there as well If you, as another way to contact us. With that, we have just about reached our last nav point and the end of the episode. 
if you are new to the show, thank you so much for listening this far. Uh, I imagine we entertained you in some way. So why not just hit the subscribe button on your current podcatcher? Or if you're on the website, uh, go to, uh, I believe we have links now that now I'm doubting myself if we even have links on these episode things to go to iTunes or what have you. Oh, I know. Go to scroll down the footer. There's a little listen uh, section. Click on any of those and you can subscribe on any of those podcatchers like iTunes, Stitcher, uh, Google Play Music, what have you. But if you have been loving this show, maybe like Brian, for a while, please consider becoming one of our patrons. It, it really helps. Go, go to patreon.com slash retro rewind podcast to support us financially because for just a dollar an episode, which is usually about $2 a month, you will get you'll not only get more content, things like our new tubes, uh, listen to us playing games. We just played Erase and Replace, which is always a fun uh, scene. I mean, who knows? What would you erase and replace? Would you keep ice cream sandwiches or deli sandwiches? Find out what we decided here uh, by if you are a patron. (laughs) We also have movie commentaries and more. Um, So you not only get that, but you also help us help us do things like upgrade our audio equipment, pay for our web hosting. Uh, you're, thanks to you guys, thanks to you patrons, you're, we're able to fly Paul up in October for the Port- Portland Retro Gaming Expo, which is going to be awesome. We'll record some uh, in-person episodes, which would be cool. Uh, and so thank you to all our current patrons, and uh, hopefully you'll consider being one of our patrons if you're one of our fans. Uh, so now... We have reached, in fact, Navpoint Omega. Paul, do you have any intel on our next mission? Next time, we'll be using the Wayback Machine and going back to the year 1963 for the Sword in the Stone. Oh, nice. So if you want to share your memories about that or talk to us about anything, contact us at Retro Rewind Pod on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and Pinterest. Also, check out our video game streams and pod trailers on youtube.com slash retro rewind podcast. And if you want to find me, Paul J. Powers, you can go to pauljpowers.com and check me out there. Thank you, Paul. Thank you for being an awesome friend, awesome co host, awesome program. I mean, you're not a program, you're a user. I fight for the users. Oh, okay, all right. But thank you so much for, for doing this podcast with me. And I also want to say a special thank you to the newly promoted Chief Yeoman, Patch or Patrick Patch Hicks. Thanks for coming I'm, back to the show, Patch. I'm so glad to be here, as always. And it's great to be the Chief Yeoman now. Oh, <laughs> so. yeah. Hold that over, <laughs> Aaron. And, I will. I and, will. And speaking of Aaron, will you, would you like to promote your podcast or where people can contact you? No. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> That's fine. Uh, so you can find me at, <laughs> at mastercontrolprogram.com. <laughs> if you'd like to uh, interface with me on the uh, interwebs, on the grid, you can, uh, you can catch me on the big three social media icons, uh, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, at Shoeless Patch, S-H-O-E-L-E-S-S-P-A-T-C-H. You can also find out more about me at my website, thisispatch.com. As Francisco alluded to earlier in the episode, I also co-host my own podcast, Feelin' Film. You can find out more about us at feelinfilm.com. And if you, I also want to say, if you'd like to listen to me and 
Patch talk about uh, the movie King of Kong, A Fistful of Quarters. We were we did an episode on that documentary for Feeling Film Plus, which was a lot of fun. And you can find it on the website as well. There's a little tab that says FF Plus. Is it like an actual like file folder tab, or is it just a metaphorical tab? Probably metaphorical in this okay, case. Okay. I don't I don't have the web chops to create actual <laughs> tabs. I can't keep tabs on my website. Uh, uh, <laughs> by the way, if you want to, funny. if you'd like, if you're interested in buying mastercontrolprogram.com, that is for sale. Oh wow! I, uh, offers under five hundred dollars US are usually not considered. What? So I have to pay more than five hundred. That's not happening. <clears throat> Maybe Disney will buy it anyway. Five hundred cents. Thanks again, Patch. And uh, if you'd like to, f- for thanks again, Patch, for coming on the show. It was awesome having you. Good to be here. And if you'd like to find me, Francisco, I'm on Twitter at fxruizx. I'm also on Instagram on that same handle. I'm Instagramming a lot more recently of my uh, pixel art, which I'm having lots of fun doing. Uh, but I'd like, also like to promote my services as a web and graphic designer. You can find my portfolio at fxrdesign.com. Most of all, though, thank you so much, you, the listener, for listening, subscribing, supporting the show, and sharing the podcast with your friends. That goes a long way, even if you can't like support financially. Just telling your friends about the show is so awesome. And you can also tell your friends they can find us on the Retro Junkies Network, which is at theretrojunkies.com. And you can also catch us on the Christian Geek Central, which is at christiangeekcentral.com. But until then, like a Pokemon trainer, we got to catch you all later on the next episode of the Retro Rewind Podcast. Retro Rewind Mission Complete. Proceed to Nap Point Omega and return to base. You were never much for small talk, were you? You still leave clothes all over the floor? No? End of time.